speaking of good news, um, I just want to announce publicly, uh, I do love my children um, uh, a lot. Um, but but I, no, I say that. I say that because I was just thinking about this message all week and I was just reminded, my kids are older now, but I remember when they were younger. And I just want to say publicly, is there anything worse as a parent than nagging children? <laughs> there, I, I, I don't know. There's just something... Oh, no, my children are looking at me. No, there, there is just... Something about being a parent, like, and uh, you know, and I'm, we've got a newborn here, so I'm just prepping you for what's going to happen, right? Um, you know, there's this moment where you're just going about life, and there's just this, "Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I?" Da-? And it just doesn't stop. Um, and uh, you know, everyone tells you that you can't give in to nagging. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be firm as a parent, and uh, you know, you've got to stay the course and keep your word. But man. There are times, aren't there, uh, for those of us who are parents in the room, there are times when you just think, I know I should stay the course, but I just desperately want to give in to this nagging because it is going to kill me, right? <laughs> or I'm going to kill them, you know, one of the two. Like, <laughs> We're in a series that we're calling November, um, which we said is kind of funny because most people wouldn't be surprised by that because churches are all about no, aren't they? Like no and never are the favourite words of any church, uh, that's what most people would think, you know, isn't, isn't church all about saying God says no to this, God says no to that, isn't God always saying you should never do this, you should never do that. Um, so a lot of people would think, well, of course you're talking about that because no and never are like that's kind of the, 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 the code of the church. And I said last week that I think that's really sad. That's really sad because while there's some truth behind some of those knows that the picture of God that the writers of the Bible paint for us, the picture of God that, that Jesus gave to us is a picture of life and love and joy and freedom and hope. So what we're going to do in this, in this hopefully kind of fun series is to, is to flip some of those no's, is to flip that idea of, of no around and to look at some of the things that Jesus said no to, some of the things that Jesus said never about, things that I think we should be talking more about uh, as a Christian church. And last week we looked at the message of no condemnation. Um, we looked at, uh, at those words uh, from Jesus, or those words about Jesus, uh, when John says, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. And this week we're going to look at another uh, teaching, another no, never teaching of Jesus, where Jesus says, never give up. And specifically where he says, never give up praying. So we're going to jump straight into uh, to Jesus' teaching. Uh, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And while you're finding, this is a, a story that Jesus tells. It's a parable Jesus tells. Um, a, a parable is a word. We don't use the word parable a lot in, in everyday English, but a, a parable is a story, a, a made-up story that makes a point. So if you think about it, many of our kids' stories, many of the stories that we read our kids, the story books that we read our kids, many of those are really parables. They're made-up stories, but they're, they're, made, uh, they're written in a way to make a point, to make a real-life point. And Jesus used this uh, used parables, this way of teaching, this way of communicating. He used this a lot. He told stories uh, that made a point. So we're going to read uh, right from the beginning, from um, uh, Luke 18, from verse 1. 
Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, this is a great line, finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about judgment, uh, justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Often Jesus' parables are really uh, clever stories that you've sort of got to, you've got to really dig into to discover their meaning. Um, but not with this one. Luke tells us right in the first verse exactly what this parable is about. Jesus told them his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And Jesus goes on to tell them a story about a widow and a judge. And it might not be so obvious to us, but Jesus' first century listeners knew exactly how this story should end. Because you see, women had a very different place in ancient Jewish society than they do in our society today. In ancient Jewish society, women had had almost no standing outside of their home. In fact, in many, in many official parts of life, a woman couldn't actually speak. A, a, a man, her husband or father, her husband had to speak for her. In fact, a woman couldn't even legally testify in court in the days of Jesus. And the woman in this story is a widow. So she has no husband to speak for her. And she can't testify in court. She's not literally allowed to testify in court. So everyone knows how this is going to end. And to make matters worse, in Jesus' story, he makes the judge out to be a mean and an uncaring judge. Jesus sets up this story as an absolute hopeless case for the woman. He's a brilliant storyteller. It's a storytelling genius, right? <clears throat> the widow has no chance in this story. But she won't give up. She keeps at the judge and at the judge and at the judge. The story doesn't say this, but I imagine she's she kind of following him around the supermarket. I imagine that when he gets out of his car, uh, gets off his horse at the petrol station or whatever, there she is standing there. You know, I imagine that, that she just sort of, she's like stalking, she's just bobbing, bobbing up everywhere, you know, a little bit like a, like a protester, you know, they, the way they follow politicians around. Every time they get out of the car, there's someone with a placard. I imagine that's this woman. She won't listen to no, she won't listen to never. And eventually the judge gives in, verse 4, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. It's not the judge's kindness that wins the day. 
It's not her clever argument that wins the day. She doesn't find a friend or a, uh, you know, a kindly man who can argue and put her case in court on her behalf. It's just her persistence. She won't give up. And Jesus wraps up the story by making his lesson explicitly clear. He says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, his people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. It sounds like a pretty good story, doesn't it? As in, like, it sounds like a recipe for getting your prayers answered. You know, like if you just, if you just keep praying, if you just pray like, like the woman badgering the judge, if you just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying, if you approach God like a nagging child, Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? Like eventually God will, will give in, right? Even Jesus seems to be making that conclusion when he says, you know, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? It would seem like the message is, if you just keep asking, God will say yes to whatever you want. And that kind of sounds a bit manipulative when you say it like that, but it also sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, I think that would be a pretty good deal if, if, you, could, if you could kind of uh, get God to do what you want just by, you know, just by harassing him and harassing him and harassing him. It sounds pretty good. The, the, the only problem is... That's not actually what Jesus is trying to teach here at all. The key to understanding uh, what Jesus is trying to teach in this parable is the very last part of the story, the very last part of the last verse. I want to read it again because I deliberately left it out before. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus isn't giving us a way to get our prayers answered. Jesus is giving us a way to grow and sustain our faith. The word for faith here um, could also be translated as trust or confidence. So a bit like the way that we would say, I have faith in my seatbelt. You know, like I have trust and confident that in an accident my seatbelt will do what it's supposed to do. A bit like we might say, I have faith in my bank. You know, I have trust and confidence that they will keep my money safe and when I need my money, it will be there for me. That's what it means, uh, the word faith in this context to say... I have faith in God. I have trust and confidence in God. And Jesus is saying that persistent prayer, persistent prayer in the face of difficult challenges, that's what the mean judge is in this story, right? He represents the, the difficult, the impossible challenges. That persistent prayer in the face of impossible challenges demonstrates the kind of faith that we have in God. You have to remember, Luke writes these words 50 to 60 years after the death and the resurrection. He writes these words right at the beginning of the most severe Roman persecution of the early church. 
Luke is writing to people who are being tied to, tied to poles and set alight. Luke is writing to people who are being fed to lions and wild bears for people's entertainment. And he reminds them that Jesus taught, don't give up. Don't give up in your faith. Don't give up in your prayer. (coughs) Luke isn't writing to people who are praying for a new job. Luke isn't writing to people who are praying for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Luke isn't writing to people who are praying that they're going to pass their exams. Luke's writing to people who are praying that they won't get murdered. He's writing to people who are questioning God's justice. Right? He's writing to people who are saying, where's God in what's happening? Where's the justice of God in what's happening around me? I mean, why are God's people being murdered? Why isn't God doing something about this? And he reminds them that Jesus taught them, don't give up. Even when you see things going really pear-shaped around you, even when you, I mean, literally, even when you see your friends and your family being killed around you, don't give up trusting in God. That's the message that Jesus is trying to make. Your continued prayer, your perseverance in prayer is evidence that you've kept your faith in God, that you haven't given up. I read one commentator who summarised this story by this. He said, This parable is essentially an encouragement to continue on praying without losing heart, right through the difficult times of waiting before the Son of Man comes. saying, if you will stay faithful to God, he's saying, if you will keep praying through difficult circumstances, ultimately God will bring justice. Ultimately God will, will answer those prayers. It might be in freedom and joy and healing in this life. But remember, he's writing to people who are watching their friends and family be killed. So he's saying, you might see freedom and joy and relief and healing in this life. Or you might see eternal healing and eternal freedom and eternal joy in life after death. The point is, never give up your faith. Never give up on God. Never give up believing in him. Never give up trusting him. Even when your life circumstances don't seem to be changing the way you want them to, even when your life circumstances seem to be getting worse than you want them to, don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on God. This is the definition of faith. This is what it means to have faith in God. So the question for us today is when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus comes, Will he find that kind of persistent prayer in your life? That's the question Jesus is asking. When the Son of Man comes, will he find that kind of faith in your life? Will he find that kind of faith in my life? Will he find that kind of faith in this church? Jesus isn't giving us a way to get our prayers answered. He's giving us something way more powerful than that. I mean, Jesus knew that tough times were going to come, right? 
In fact, actually, it is a little bit of a pity. Sometimes the chapters and our verses in our Bible are, are, are unhelpful because they make us feel like you know everything in chapter 17 is not connected to everything in chapter 18. If you read the last part of Luke chapter 17, it actually connects to the first part of Luke chapter 18. Uh, homework, go home, read the last part of Luke chapter 17. See what Jesus is saying there about the end times and about difficult times. And then reread the first part of Luke chapter 18 and, and you'll, you'll kind of see how the two connect. And you'll kind of go, I get the point that Jesus is trying to make. He's teaching his followers to never give up, to keep praying and to keep trusting, to never lose faith in God. And I, I say that somewhat hesitantly because I know there's people, even people in this place today, who are going through tough times. I know there's people, if they stood up here next to me, would say, this season in my life is difficult because. Jesus never pretended that life would be easy. I'm not pretending that life would be easy. I'm simply saying, imagine... Imagine what life would be like for you. Imagine what life would be like for me if our lives were built on this kind of persistent prayer. Imagine if our prayer became, became a weapon, if you like, to defeat those negative things that come against us. Decades after Jesus taught this, Paul, who was a follower of Jesus and a leader in the early church, Paul wrote a letter to a network of tiny churches around Ephesus. It's a city that the ruins of which still exist today in what we call Turkey. I want you to see if you can hear the link between what Paul writes and what Jesus was talking about. We've got a copy of the letter. It's Ephesians in your Bible. This comes from Ephesians chapter 6. Some of you will know this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, in other words, not against the stuff we can see, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul's saying we're in the middle of a struggle. We're in the middle of a fight and it's a spiritual fight primarily. It might look like it's a physical fight. It might look like it's in our circumstances around us. But really we're in the middle of a spiritual fight. Verse 13. Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then, you see that three stands, it's this repetition, Paul's trying to make a point. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Listen to this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith, there's our faith word, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. I picture a, you know, a, a kind of an ancient soldier. He's got a shield there so that when the, the, the arrows of the enemy come, it's a shield that will stop them. This kind of never give up faith that Jesus is talking about 
is like a shield that protects us from the attacks of the enemy. Jump down a verse. Uh, if, you miss, if you miss the connection so far, jump down to verse, verse 18. Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Never give up praying. Friends, Jesus is trying to teach us in the, the, the best way he can in this story to never give up on God, to never give up on our faith. No matter how difficult things get around us, no matter how challenging things get, no matter how, you know, kind of this way things go when we want them to be going that way. Never give up believing in God. Never give up trusting him. Persistent prayer in the face of whatever the devil throws at you is the path to building a strong and growing faith. Thank you.